Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. We are delighted that you've chosen to join us again today for another podcast with TSC Music. I'm Greg Thomas, and here in the studio again is David Ham. Hey, Greg. Jesse Carrasco is with us today. Hey. And our guest, all the way from Colorado, Patrick Dow, CEO of Nikki Cruz Outreach and the associate pastor of the Springs Church in Colorado. Patrick, so good to have you. Thank you, Greg. Great to be here. We are delighted uh, that you guys were in town and we were able to snatch it. David reached out to you and so glad that you consented. We miss your wife already. We wanted uh, Alicia to be here. We'll talk about her while she's not here then. And uh, she'll listen and wish she were here. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about the ministry of Nikki Cruz Outreach, what's happening in Colorado. And then, of course, uh, you being the son-in-law of this Nikki Cruz, (laughs) we're going to talk about that, too, right here. On TSC Music. Your life is fine and dandy. Well, I'm thinking different. If life's a photo op, the photos crop because something's missing. See, you keep striving and dying for ways to make it better. But our world was introduced to a king way before Coretta. Everything around me, no Christ rules everything around me So I'm fine, connected to the vine And that's exactly how everything around me grows If he wants you, why you ducking him? Run to him If you lame, he can restart this walk You can run again Death will always pay the sin's wages Till you go and separate your flesh like gauges It's like that Let me show you where the light's at So you can see Christ face to face Like a Skype chat Take me now So glad that you're with us. Our guest today, Patrick Dowell of the Nikki Cruz Outreach and, of course, with the Spring Church. Patrick, finally, bass player, musician, preacher of the gospel, CEO. That means you're a businessman to some extent, ministry business or the business of ministry. Welcome. <laughs> well, thank you. It's great being here. Love you guys so much, and uh, it's an honor to be here. We had a chance to sit together, actually, on the platform uh, as Nikki was preaching uh, this past Sunday night, or two Sundays ago, I think it was. Or, uh, And we always enjoy Nikki Cruz here, and, as, and everybody knows the story. Uh, but I think sometimes people fail to remember that there are people behind and beside in Nikki Cruz. You're his son-in-law. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> 
Now, Mickey is a big personality. I mean, he's a, a big personality, and and uh, with his uh, what do you call? He he calls it his sexy Puerto Rican accent. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Which always gets uh, a chuckle. Uh, from the congregation here. Now let's start with you though. Let's start with Patrick because you weren't always with Nikki Cruz. You weren't always Nikki Cruz's son-in-law. You weren't always a CEO of Nikki Cruz Outreach. You, you had a life before all of this. Let's talk about Patrick and then we'll make our way up to, uh, today. Where, where are you from? I'm from Ohio originally. Grew up there, left right after high school. Went to Tulsa, Oklahoma for undergrad. Attended Oral Roberts University. Was, uh, got a bachelor's in French. Of all things. In French. Yes, sir. I was on the 11-year program. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was a musician. I dropped out for six years and toured for most of that time. Uh-huh. And uh, then when I got when I met Alicia, we both met on missions in 1983 in Amsterdam, Holland, 30 years ago. Wow. And uh, we were with YWAM. Like I said, we were in that city, which is a great city. Learned evangelism, learned street outreach there. It's kind of the end of the punk movement. And so mm-hmm. Amsterdam was, a, was just a beautiful place to learn ministry. And we both had lived in Tulsa at that time, but didn't know each other. So some mutual friends introduced us. And three years later, I finally convinced her to date me. Took three years of dating and, and uh, routine background checks from uh, the, the aforementioned Mr. Cruz. And then uh, we married in 1989. And... Um, Nine months and two weeks later, had our first child, which was a miracle. We were told, she was told several times she could not have children. Wow. And so we thought, ah, we'll be missionaries. We really thought we were going to be missionaries mm-hmm. full time somewhere. And we thought maybe we'll adopt. And uh, something happened. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, which was good because we, uh, it, it just really, it was, Isabella is such a blessing in our life. And then, so then I finished undergrad. And at that time, I was a waiter. And a, uh, I was in a band. I dropped out of the band because I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, this is rotten hours to be a husband and, be sure. a, you know, play at night and stuff. And so Nikki at that time in 1990 had lost his executive uh, administrator and his executive secretary. And uh, I uh, offered to come for one year. I said, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I said, but I'll be faithful. He'd had some some problems in the office, you know, some pilfering and stealing and different stuff. And, and I was in like, in ministry. You know, in, oh, my Lord. Don't, <laughs> this, hour two, we'll talk about that. Uh, so I just said, you know, listen, I don't know how to do much, but I'll be faithful. And I'll watch your back while God takes you wherever mm-hmm. God wants to take you. Wow. And so it's almost, you know, I said, let's try it for a year. Alicia was like, you don't know my dad. He's got this big old personality and you're kind of a nice guy. And I just don't know if this is going to work. And I was like, sure to work. <laughs> and uh, we agreed to try it for a year. And almost immediately upon moving to Colorado Springs, God said, you're here till the end. Wow. And I had a vision of, of Moses. You know, when I think it's Aaron and her were holding up mm-hmm. his arms. And God just said, you're staying here. You're holding up his arms. And whatever the end looks like, I don't know what the end's going to look like, but I'm, God called me to stay with Nikki until the end. So it's been 23 wow. years now. Wow. 23 wow. years. Wow. Married how long? Going on 24. 24, yes, right. So you jumped right in. Yes, sir. Right, wow. yeah. Deep end. And well, uh, we'll blo- talk a little more about that. But you were a musician. Oh, you are a musician. I'm semi-retired, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what was your, your specialty? Uh, I play bass. Bass. Yes, so sir. you were touring before you met Alicia. That's correct, yes. Uh, rock band? Uh, kind of rock, indie, alternative. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was in a worship band for nine months in Europe called Living Sound. We were based in the U.K., and so we did six month tour of the United Kingdom and, and uh, um, 
Ireland. Then mm-hmm. we did a three-month uh, tour of South Africa. Okay. Now, do you play much anymore? Or? Not much. Only when you guys come to town. <laughs> <laughs> we were out there, what was it, two years ago, I think it was? Yeah, two not or three even, years ago? Yeah, yeah. Maybe and, two. Uh, I saw you play then. Uh, and that was great. It was great watching. You oh, know? Yeah. It was great listening to it, too. So you still had chops then. I mean, you couldn't have lost much of it. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, between now and then. He's being humble now. But yeah. Patrick's a nice bass player. <laughs> you got skills. Uh, uh, do you get a chance to play often? Not much. When the church first started, I did because I was no, you know, it was just a few of us there. And so sure. I, I played. And then we started getting more bass players in. I stepped back because, okay. um, as I said, I'm full time with Nikki Cruz. And then Nikki released me to help plant the church with Gary Wilkerson mm-hmm. uh, almost four years ago now. We're coming up on our fourth anniversary. Right. Now, you are working with two major players in ministry, but two very different personalities. I know Pastor Gary, I know <laughs> Pastor Nick, and they are very two different personalities. Yeah. You ever find yourself... Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> Whatever your questions Question are, yes, answer. I find myself there. Yes, sir. Because, I mean, honestly, when you're traveling with Nikki, that's a very different dynamic. It's It's more itinerant. And when you're working with Pastor Gary... It's home base, and you're still you're trying to build something, right? Uh, you know, a home base, and so it's two very different dynamics. And obviously, when you're talking about two very different personalities, uh, one super big and buoyant, one very laid back, yeah. Gary, yeah, uh, and just very cool and. You know, Chill. Nikki's cool too. It's a different yeah. kind of yeah. cool. It's, you a know? it's a volatile cool. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gary's like the hippie cool. Yeah. Right. Nikki's like, I'm cool until you cross my path, and then I'll, right. you know, I won't be cool anymore. So yeah, yeah. No, it's a good point. Good observation. Yeah. Wow. So it's you know we, you know we believe very strongly in the local church, and Nikki, you know, Nikki's a parachurch ministry. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're a, we're a, you know we work with churches, right? And I've always believed uh, that a lot of this is my personal opinion. A lot of what parachurch ministries do is is artificial somewhat in that we believe, I believe strongly that the fivefold ministry should be operating out of a local church. Mm-hmm. So, But a lot of churches don't evangelize. They don't have sure. evangelists. So sure. hence there's the Nikki Cruises and the Dave Wilkerson's and the Billy Graham's of the world. And uh, so when we planted the Springs Church, our our goal and passion was to reach our city first and to train up people to go out into the city out mm. and then then do missions and things like that but what in my in my years with Nikki going to different churches i found out that the lot of the churches we tend to ghettoize ourselves we circle the wagons and it's about us so we forget mm. about what's outside and a lot of times we've forgotten that we were sinners we forgot what it was like to be lost mm-hmm. and i don't i remind people of that myself too i don't think we should beat ourselves up you know, there's no condemnation anymore, but it's good to remember right, right. I was lost. I Absolutely. was hopeless. And we believers, we forget that sometimes. We forget the desperation that's outside the doors of the mm. church. And so right. with the Springs Church, we're, you know, it's a constant, there's this drag to just keep focusing inward. We're trying to push to, to, to see the lost people and the hurting people and the broken people outside the doors. Mm. Serving with Nikki, and you have this music background. Uh, the Nikki Cruz Outreach, when I first was uh, introduced to it, it was actually through, uh, well, my first personal involvement with it was with, with, through Truce, David Hammond Truce. Uh, was quite aware of it through Pastor David, but uh, involvement was primarily with uh, David Hammond Truce. Right. Now, you have taken, I understand you were the, the, the brain, if you will, behind 
marrying music and evangelism. Tell tell us about how you did that. I'm married to the brain. <laughs> no, really. Good answer. Yes, my wife uh, Alicia. I remember it was we we've been doing hip hop as a ministry form as a, as a way to present the gospel for over 20 years. In the early 90s, we started right. Almost right after we came to Nikki Cruz Outreach, she was like, "Daddy, we got to get, we got to get back in the streets. We gotta, we gotta reach the lost, and you, you need to uh, present the gospel in a way that's understandable. Mm-hmm. You know, we couldn't take out, you know, country and western music into the into the ghetto, and you know, we get mm-hmm. killed. It's it's hard enough. They think I'm a cop, anyways. Every time I show up, <laughs> so so God really started speaking to Alicia about about training up." Uh, people and 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 taking the local church back into into the inner city back into the mm-hmm. streets because the, the church by and large in many cities has abdicated its its role and responsibility of of being an outpost of the kingdom of god in the inner cities you know a lot of them they'd laugh we, let's get to the countryside let's get out in the in the suburbs so where it's nice and clean and and easy and we can drive home and and just you know do our stuff but they've forgotten like i said and this is all this is i mean this is nikki cruz all over this right you know his heart is evangelist. he loves the lost he loves sinners and so I remember in the early '90s, Alicia came up with this concept: let's let's use hip hop music. And brother, let me tell you the problems we had with the church. You I know, can imagine. You know, it's only it's only now getting a little easier. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you know, throughout the '90s, we would just, you know, actually the, the churches that really helped us out were on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to say that, you know, but well, the East know. Coast was a hard <laughs> place. I mean, you got yeah. a lot more cities, and because uh, I in the '90s, that's when I was, you know, I was in youth ministry as well. Uh, and I remember, I think I shared this with you, Dave, uh, yeah. in our Tuesday night meetings back in Jersey, there was a group, uh, uh, two girls called themselves TNT. I won't mention their names right now. <laughs> well, actually, I will. Tracy and Tara were their names. They <laughs> called themselves TNT, and they were Christian rap artists. Yeah. And uh, they were female. And man, I tell you, and we were in a semi-traditional but progressive Baptist church. Wow. But very progressive in that outreach was a focus. And so every Tuesday night, we were on the street corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were doing just typical, you know, ensemble music, choir stuff, you know, mm-hmm. praise and worship, et cetera, around cannoli and all that other yeah. stuff. And yeah. uh, But Tara and Tracy came in one night and uh, had gotten on fire for God. They were still new Christians. But they had this whole hip-hop thing that they were doing before they came to the Lord. Yeah. And they wanted to hold on to it. Well, we just tapped into it, and man, the fight was, this was in the early 90s, the fight was unbelievable, yeah. uh, to where we can only, they would only come to church on Tuesday night, because, because the church just wouldn't embrace them, you yeah. know? So I can imagine what you were dealing with uh, uh, out there trying to promote it, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, hip-hop is just... Um a method of presenting a timeless and unchangeable message. We never water down the gospel. Right. You know, there is sin, there's hell, you know, people are lost. We don't ever shy away from that, but, but presenting it, I mean, you know, the typical story is you go back to the, the days of the early hymn writers, they were ripping off bar tunes mm-hmm. and right. make, you know, stuff we sing now. Exactly. It's like stuff cats were singing <laughs> like in the, the bars pubs, and yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so for probably the whole decade of the nineties, we would, we would look for local talent in churches in different cities and it was hit or miss, usually, yeah. usually more on the miss side, uh, just as far as quality. But at least, you know, we're getting people out in the streets. We're getting the church exposed to evangelism outside of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And 
the Holy Spirit never failed to show up and convict, and people would cry and come forward on the streets. It's not we don't go out to entertain. Right. And there is a, a method in the madness. It's not a you know. There's churches would do sometimes hit and stays. We'll do a, like a whole Saturday afternoon in the park or block right. off the street, and that that's cool. That has its place. But when you're going into uh, an inner city environment where there's a lot of a lot of challenge there, you know, you got to be pretty quick about it because mm-hmm. those guys aren't going to stay around long if if. One, if if you're not good enough, right. you know, right. and two, you got to get to you got to get to the bottom line pretty quickly. So, mm-hmm. so it's it's really uh, a challenge as we train up young people to 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 present the gospel. This is not the hour and a half, ninety minute presentation right. of right. Genesis to maps. You sure. know, this is like I was lost, now I'm found, and this is what Jesus can do for you. Mm-hmm. So in the '90s, we would use local talents. We'd take the local church out in the streets and then uh, entrust the converts to the local church for follow-up, which is always, um, that's, that's a difficult thing, sure, sure. you know, and I understand that a lot of the churches don't want these guys in their church. You know, they don't want them around their kids in the youth group. And I understand that, but we're, we, that doesn't absolve us of our responsibility to reach the lost. And then after a while, Alicia's like, you know what, let's get our own team. Let's get our own group and train up our own kids. And then that's when we started looking uh, to the East coast. And I remember it was 2001. We did Houston, Texas, and there was a young man sitting to my right, your left, who was in the off-Broadway production of Run, Baby, Run. And we were at the Astrodome Arena, and uh, we did a summer outreach. I remember David came out in the street with a couple of the guys, and, and uh, I got his name wrong. He goes, <laughs> I go, because I was like, I was like, the, I was like the, the, the hype man. I was introducing, you know, just uh-huh. kind of the MC and stuff. I go, so what's, how do you want me to introduce you? And he goes, my name's, it's, just tell him it's Raw Decree. And I go, okay. Broad decree. Raw decree. And I go, uh-huh. okay, here's broad decree. <laughs> and he, he was so gracious. Afterwards, he goes, uh, you got it wrong. <laughs> but and that, it was that summer, Alicia goes, there's, she, she, we started to get to know the cast member because we had a separate cast for the play and a director and all that stuff. And Alicia, she goes, she goes there's something about this guy. We need to talk to him. And I, God's telling me this is the guy. And so, mm-hmm. so we, truce was going on for a decade. Truce is really just an out. It's an outreach. It's it's evangelism, and it, it manifests as a hip hop group or as a stage play, mm-hmm. or you know. So that's what truce is to reach right. urban it's not, communities. It's not just one group right. that it's, does it's one thing. It's most way. well known for the hip hop group, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so that's some we we talked David into. Uh, okay, go back to New York. Uh, uh, audition some kids, train them in evangelism, and we'll meet you in Norway. And so <laughs> this is a true story. Then uh, we probably met maybe once or twice, mostly over the phone. Then Alicia and I and our two kids, January 2nd, flew to Oslo, Norway, which if you know anything about, and I didn't, geography, it's 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 dark all winter. There's uh-huh. like two hours of Daylight. dusk. And then in the summer, it's the opposite. It's all light, and then it kind of gets a little dim. Yeah, you're you sleeping know. while the sun is up, you know. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. So, and then, and and so we moved there for eight months, my wife and I and kids, and then and then David's, we're, we're communicating, and he's got this team, and this was the very first, uh, this was Truce One, the very yeah. first group, right? <laughs> And uh, they showed up in Oslo, Norway, and and uh, we um, we were working with some local churches there. And the churches there, by and large, told us, you know, they would kind of pat me on the head and say, "Well, that's nice, little American guy. Don't expect results here. Don't expect people. We've heard your stories about God moving and and altar calls happening on the streets and guys changing, guys confessing their sins, gang members, drug addicts, drug dealers." You know, but just don't expect it to happen here. Right, right. Interesting. And, Some, something you said earlier uh, about uh, 
going and you know getting their local church and mobilizing them in a sense. I, I think a lot of times, uh, especially in the nineties, late nineties, uh, and even today, in a lot at large, uh, a lot of churches are in denial about what their young people are listening to. Right. Uh, uh, and I'm finding that out even more and more. You know that even though they don't want to embrace this style, and I, and I understand that there's something about church that needs to be unique. It needs to be just church. You know, it needs to be identifiable yes. as the church yes. in its in its tradition, if you will. Um, but yet we are somewhat in denial about what our young people are listening to when they're not here. Uh, because they're not mm-hmm. listening to Amazing Grace. They're not listening to, you know, Shout to the Lord. They're, they're right. listening to everything else. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it might be Christian, and, and it may not, but the reality is they're not listening to a lot of what we think uh, they are. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back. Good stuff, man. I'm loving this conversation. And uh, you didn't tell me about the whole Norway thing, uh, oh, but that's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> I haven't heard that journey in a while. <laughs> <laughs> right here on TSC Music with the Mission in a minute. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. God is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is provider. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is a husband to the widow. God is the one with your answer. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio. Where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church in New York City. There are many people today who don't pray because they really just don't know who God is. They don't know who they're praying to. In the book of Luke, Jesus described what his ministry on the earth was. He said, I've been sent to help the poor. I've been sent to bring healing to those whose hearts have been broken to set free those that have been captivated by things that they can't get free from, to give sight to those who need a way out and they don't know how to get out of things, and to help those who have been crushed, and to tell them that this is the time that they can come to me, and this is the time that they will find the freedom that they've been looking for. I don't know what your situation is today, but I do know that if you do pray, God will answer you. It is time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. Times Square Church has established the following scholarship funds to benefit potential students nationally and internationally. The David Wilkerson Memorial Scholarship will be awarded annually to deserving students in good academic standing and displaying exemplary Christian character. The Cross and the Switchblade Scholarship will be awarded annually to students from urban areas demonstrating obvious financial need and a desire to reach inner city youth. The Times Square Church Scholarship Fund is an award to assist talented young people who are at risk of failing to obtain a Bible school education because of economic or other circumstances. For further information regarding qualifications and due dates, and if you know someone or if you would like to apply for one of these scholarships, please visit the Summit International School of Ministry website at summitpa.org or visit www.tscnyc.org. Yumala on Summit International School of Ministry. JS Summit International School of Ministry. Бог присутствует в Summit International School of Ministry. Il Signore è a Summit International School of Ministry. Il Signore vita in Summit International School of Ministry. Yeah, yeah. 
KPC is going to Finland. It's our first mission trip. A group of kids from the Times Square Church Kids Praise Choir is traveling to Helsinki, Finland this June. We'll be part of an evangelistic children's choir outreach. We're so excited to worship and share the love of Jesus. A lot of the kids in the choir are from the inner city, and we need your help to be able to go. If you'd like to help sponsor a child to go on this mission trip, visit tscnyc.org. Just click on the KPC Ensemble Traveling to Finland banner to make your donation online. Thank you, Kitos! My stomach is twisting and turning for someone's help. My heart is yearning. The quest inside is stirring because the scream is already burning. Ah, ah. The pain that words cannot describe. Freedom is needed to make everything alright. Because I get bound by situations I can't breathe. Because the headache that is happening, silent, no, cannot alleviate. I got an enemy on both sides. Whispering things that I know a lot But sometimes it's hard for me to resist Cause I'm so weak and he still persists I know I gotta let it go crying out But there's a big ounce of doubt That's telling me that I should give up I should just clock out And though I have no assurance That I am being hurt Something in me knows Where I should take this yearn God you say that you have not forgotten me So right now I ask For you not to ignore this deep in the Please, please And we're back and having a wonderful conversation with Patrick Dial and just getting some history on uh, his journey, his walk in ministry, his walk with the Lord, and of course how he has been serving with the Nikki Cruz Outreach Ministries and of course with the Spring Church. Now, you said earlier that you're married to the brain. <laughs> Good plug because yes, she's not here. <laughs> She'll be listening later. Yeah, married yeah. to the brain. So conceptually, she she's the person who said, you know, this is what we need to do. We need to get we need to use hip hop music. Somewhere in there, your brain and her idea and her brain married <laughs> both uh, <laughs> physically and uh, in, in 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 the realm, if you will, married. And you figured out how to bring this thing to the street. Uh, thus, a a true hip hop group. You, you talk about Norway and then. You, you send this guy to New York City, he puts together a group, and then you say, we'll meet you in Norway. I mean, Dave, what were you thinking? I mean, I'm going to put together this group yeah. to do hip-hop, which is, you know, at that time, probably insane. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just really humbled just to sit back here and and uh, listen to the journey. And, I, you know, so and I've forgotten almost that, you know, you've been at it for more than 20 years, um, and the commitment to what, 
God gave you all the vision to to go on the streets and to use hip hop as a ministry tool. Just amazing. And so, yeah, because when I came on board, there were still challenges mm-hmm. and, and trying to break through community in the church to come on board and to partner. And um, but I was always encouraged by Patrick and Alicia and, and Nikki um, to stay committed to what they knew needed to happen in regards to we cannot go forward unless we are partnered with the local churches because mm. um, there was at times it just me where I was, I was young, very zealous where I was like, let's just go do it and I'd be ready to move forward. And there was always for them that check to say, well, um, as we prepare to train, what churches are coming in? And I'd be like, and I, I remember times where I'd be like, no, we'll just go do it. The truth team's ready, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and they would just pull, you know, pull me back and just, um, just kind of remind me, that, yeah, but we've got to be focused on the follow-up too as well. Yeah, yeah. And we've got to make sure that we're not getting ahead of the local church because we're called to go into these cities and serve the local church. Yeah. Um, and yet, as much as they, as much as there was still um, this uh, sensitivity to the local church, there was this fast-paced, urgent commitment to reach the loss mm-hmm. that that came out of Nikki Cruz outreach, and still today mm-hmm. is still what what they do. And so, yeah, I mean, you brought me back to that day. You and Alicia flew in, Patrick, and it was a quick meeting, I, from what I recall. It was a quick meeting. It was okay. okay you're on board full time. Listen, we're leaving for Norway. We need you to get a team ready. In six <laughs> months. We need you guys there. Do wow. some music on the streets. Uh, go go recruit a team. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to Norway was to. Paved the way in a sense, or yeah, just it was. This was right after nine eleven, you know, uh-huh. and we had a great summer in Houston. Fantastic results, mm-hmm. um, it just just kind of like really opened our eyes to what you know. Just even more, God kept doing more and more as far as reaching the city, right. uh, reaching the inner cities, and just the hopelessness and despair. That's where Christ wants the church to sure, be. Sure. And again, it's my wife. I blame her for everything, and somehow we started hearing about Oslo, Norway, and at that time, Oslo was the drug capital of Europe. I, th- mm-hmm. I would have thought Amsterdam or Berlin or, you know, something like that. But this was, this was the drug capital of Europe. They distributed two million needles that year annually, uh, just that year. Mm-hmm. What they would do, they had an official government policy that once a drug addict, always a drug addict, there's no cure. Mm-hmm. So being good mm-hmm. socialists and stuff, they would provide drug houses, safe, clean houses where right. guys and girls could fix. They had buses going around the city where they would do a needle exchange. They were trying to, you know, keep the crime down and cr- try to keep the uh, AIDS epidemic down. Um, but they just said there's no hope for a drug addict. And mm-hmm. so we're going into this mm-hmm. situation. We started hearing about it. And, you know, it's a very wealthy co- country. They got the North Sea oil. You know, they're just they're, they run a budget surplus, you know, on the government level. And we didn't know this till we got there, but they also have a very uh, rich social uh, welfare program, and so they were getting a lot of uh, immigrants, particularly from Muslim countries. Mm-hmm. Their whole neighborhoods are like Pakistani neighborhoods and stuff. We were told that these were the people, when we go and do these hit and runs in these neighborhoods, these were the people that on 9-11 were dancing in the streets as they saw the towers fell. Mm-hmm. Kind of glad I didn't know that before I went there. Mm-hmm. So here we are Americans, mostly New Yorkers, right after 9-11, going into Muslim neighborhoods uh, on a large scale. And I remember when we talked to David, this time we were just like, you know, just learn some Kirk Franklin or something. Just do something. And these guys show up with 
original music, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that's when then, okay, wow, the talent, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, God's, yeah. God's gifted these inner city kids who have come out of the life to go back into the life with a message. And it's yes. not somebody else's message. It's their message. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it's just beautiful to see what David's done with these kids, you know, the many different teams that we've had. Right. And so again, the church said, don't expect miracles here. Don't expect people to come forward. In fact, a lot of churches in Norway, close for the summer or at least a month because mm-hmm. they, then they go on they go on church conferences they they'll just caravan around the country to go in church conferences mm. you know in the 90s that was also a big time late 90s actually mid 90s or late 90s was also a big time for christian music for gospel music in particular in norway um there were two or three major gospel choirs that had come together they were community choirs yeah. but mm-hmm. they were gospel choirs nonetheless that had uh, started recording and coming out of Norway. The problem with that is that a lot of them, and I think you hit on them when you talk about discipleship, majority of the people in those choirs were not Christian. Yeah, they were they were just professional singers, and and they were really good singers. I mean, yeah. their recordings were 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 on cassette at that time, and they yeah. were uh, they were you know going across the world. The Oslo. Uh, uh, community gospel choir was one of them. It was another one in Norway. That is, so it was two or three of them that had come out of there uh, at that time that were huge on the scene. Yeah. And uh, it's it's funny because the influence of the Western culture there, from a music perspective, was 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 so big that uh, when I when I remember grabbing getting my hands on some of these recordings, I was kind of offended <laughs> because of the attempt to sound like you're your typical inner city or black gospel choir, Mm. you know, to where as I begin to travel throughout Europe, I would go to some places and see us advertised, uh, you know, when we were, were, were being brought over, see us advertised as black gospel. And that, that I remember that time when the industry began to change, Mm -hmm. uh, the whole, you know, music ministry or the music, the Christian music ministry industry began to begin to shift and it began to get a little more divided mm-hmm. to where it was it was kind of the birth of because Leron Cannolis was out there right. and it become it, you know CCM was now the 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 white side and gospel was the black side yeah, yeah. and I, I begin to see that divide uh, uh, in the industry so it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, even like in America there are a lot of talented people who have put their hands to this gospel, if, if you will, and don't know the God that they're singing That's about, right. don't know the God they're mentioning and worshiping about. But but you said something else too that interests me. You said a lot of the groups have gone and done hidden stays. You guys, you guys did hidden runs. Right. Talk about a hidden run. A hidden run. Yeah. That's it's there is method in the madness. <laughs> um, I, I know in a recent uh, podcast you guys talked about some of the hidden runs we did mm-hmm. in, in Colorado Springs and some other places. Uh, by design, we go. We try to hit a couple of locations. Like the uh, hit and runs are, are street evangelism, and our our kids are just evangelists disguised as a hip hop group. So we go in with the local church and with this hip hop group, and it's it's part of its promotion. We're promoting the final event, which is usually Nikki, mm-hmm. sometimes Nikki in a play together, and so. Uh, you know, there's hype. You come into the neighborhood. You, we've got cl- we call them club cards. I get rebuked for that all the time, <laughs> but that's what I call them. Uh, you know, and then we got posters, and um, you know, we're, we're you know when you when you're when you're you're trying to catch big fish, you got to use certain type of bait. If you're going after sharks, it's like bloody bloody bait you're using. So when we're going after you know it, uh, people who are have strong strong strongholds in their life you know mm-hmm. you got to use a certain method that will attract them again sure. again the talent has to be there but you can have a talent and no anointing absolutely you know 
and that's not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. You could have anointing with no talent, mm-hmm. and that's going to get you killed, maybe. <laughs> you know. So, so the challenge is to to be prayed up to the, you know all this stuff just to 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 be the best you can at your craft, but to completely realize it's God working through you. Right. So as we go into an inner city, we we'll do a hit and run, and we'll come in, we'll set up a sound system. Usually within twenty minutes, we're doing our first song. So usually the format is like a two two quick songs back to back. And there's nothing, I mean, like we're not saying, come and hear the gospel. You know, Jesus is going to heal you today. You know, we got guys freestyling on the mic. They're just they're just freestyling and talking about the neighborhood, talking about your kicks, talking about some, just to try to, you're trying to, to create some curiosity in people to get them to come closer. And so then we, boom, we'll drop the first track and do maybe two songs, a quick testimony, two mm-hmm. minutes maybe. You know, because, you know, you do the long testimony, people are going to start walking sure. away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, you're doing the setup punches. It's like boxing. And you got the, you come in with the knockout punch. So you do two songs, a quick testimony, a third song, maybe a fourth, and then the altar call. And that altar call is within three or four minutes. You're breaking down the gospel pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And people know they're sinners. People know they're messed up. So you get that over with right, pretty quickly. Right. And the fact that there are sinners lost without a hope, you you do that in a creative way devoid of church jargon and then you do an altar call you ask them to come forward and the altar call will happen right uh, on the gravel there in front of the where the group is but it also oh. happens across the street so we train the people that you take the altar call right because some people you know they cross that street all day long right but now all of a sudden it's the grand canyon i, I ain't exactly. crossing that but if you go over there and ask to pray for them they're going to break down wow. and so wow. then we get their names and we pass it to the local church and ideally theoretically then you know we call them within a day or two and follow up and ask you know how can we help you can do you need food do you need rehab you know and, and so we do this two or three times a night awesome. uh, for a couple of weeks before that final event wow that's great man i, I love to hear that yeah. there's planning there's some thought behind this. You're clearly not a novice at this whole evangelism stuff, so I thank God for for that. The church is not the church if it only does what it does when it gathers. It's got to be doing what it does when it scatters. And uh, and I think we're hearing that uh, from you, Patrick, today. Now, people who know Nikki Cruz have seen him, have heard him speak, know that Nikki's not a 25-year-old hip-hopster, uh, if I can use that term, <laughs> hip-hopster. That's a new word. So, I like so, it. Uh, I mean, is Nikki on the street corner with you guys when when Truce is out there periodically? I mean, without a suit and tie, maybe a leather bomber. I mean, what, what's what's the deal? Yeah, he is. I mean, Nikki, you know, Nikki's he's still he's still street. He's still he still loves the street. He loves sinners. He lo- he's never he's never forgotten where he came from. That's yeah. the magic of it. That's yeah. the that's the beauty. You know, he could have been jaded by this time. He's you know been saved over fifty years, has seen it all, seen all the bad ugly sides of christianity's right. been ripped off been lied to been you know and, and as as a hispanic of course he's suffered a lot of uh, a lot of um prejudice too mm-hmm. still to this day mm-hmm. but i've i admire nicky in so many ways uh before i answer your question i mean i know him intimately i mean right. i know what color underwear this man has <laughs> and i wish i was telling the joke but you know um and but i know he and his wife gloria every day when if they're if they're together they get this is what they do they get up in the morning they'll make coffee they'll have an hour and a half devotion together and she usually gloria my mother-in-law is the one that does the bible study and nikki Uh listens and then they pray they get down on their knees they pray for all their families and friends every day 
I mean, it's like they're, it's like, you know, they they could go on autopilot, you know, but they don't. They're just like, every day is fresh to them. And every day there's a sense of desperation for their family, their lost loved ones. And so they're doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. So what you see on the stage is, is that hap- I see it at home. I see it, I see it, you know, behind closed doors. So this, this guy's still a real deal. Um, when, you know, over 20 years ago, when Alicia went to her dad and said, you know, we got to do this street evangelism, you know, Nikki's like, I'll do it. Let's do it. We got to do it. Knowing full well that the, the obstacles we'd face. Mm-hmm. And so whenever possible, when we're in a city, Nikki will come out. A lot of times he realizes, you know, that he can be uh, a distraction sometimes because, you know, if people know he's there, then, you know, people come up and want autographs and stuff. Right. But, he, you know, then he, he'll just grab the mic every so often and just say, you know, let me do especially in a Spanish neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, because my Spanish ain't working that well and stuff. And, <laughs> and so he'll grab the mic and do an altar call in Spanish. And it's just it's just beautiful. I remember we were in, we were in Spanish Harlem back in the nine, late 90s. And he did an altar call there, and somebody was screaming out the window, I hear Nikki Cruz's voice. Is that Nikki? Tell him to wait on wow. And somebody ran down from this, you know, from the projects and, and, and came down to, to talk to him and everything. He stood right on the street corner right there and uh, just, you know, prayed for people. So, yeah, Nikki's behind it 100%. He loves the streets. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mother in law, for t- nearly 30 years, she's done a, she goes into our juvenile detention centers. We have two of them in the springs. She goes there every week to do Bible studies. Wow. She's done that for 30 years. Wow. And uh, that's that's her passion. I mean, she's sick. She's coughing. She's she's limping. She still gets there every every day. Praise and uh, you know, this these these people they're they're evangelists. They 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 both got saved out of horrific um, backgrounds, mm-hmm. and they've never forgot what Jesus did for them. Wow, wow. My most memorable moments with Nikki Cruz is on the streets, um, and those times when he does take the mic uh, in front of groups of. Anywhere from 50 to 100 people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would think, um, I mean, and it's not to take away from, you know, just the, the rightful place of, of some of our ministers today. But you would think where Nikki is now in his 70s, where, you know, he definitely has that right to just simply show up for the main event or mm-hmm. the big, large crusade. But the fact that he would just step out onto the streets even now today for any outreach uh, whenever he's able to and just take the mic and and pour out his heart just as passionately as he would in front of 15 20,000 mm-hmm. that he often has done um, but the fact that he 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 preaches with that same passion in front of a group of 30 40 50 yeah. and then to see how compelling he is and the anointing that's on him as he would simply within 5 minutes tell young people you need to forgive. Jesus has forgiven you. You come now. Mm-hmm. Don't be a coward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Child Cry is pleased to announce the launching of a new children's book entitled Picnic Pals, written and illustrated by an 11-year-old girl named Emily Skelding from Mobile, Alabama. Emily wants to teach children about the love of Jesus and to help feed hungry children, a passion she developed after reading about Child Cry. In June of 2009, Emily was diagnosed with acute lymphatic leukemia. As she has journeyed along this path, she has shown a quiet strength and a courage that is a testimony of the power of God to transform through suffering. Picnic Pals is available for purchase online at tscnyc.org and at the Times Square Church book table. 100% of all the proceeds from the sale of the book will go to Feed Hungry Children Through Child Cry. Fear. 
It's one of the most powerful weapons that Satan has against you. Once he has gotten you with fear, then he will take your faith. Because fear is actually the opposite of faith. The Lord said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Now fear is when we look at the size of the opposition that we have to encounter. And dismay comes when we look inside and don't see enough strength to fight the battle. God's word was don't let fear or dismay get a hold of you. Because it's not about you. It's about Christ in us. That's the good news. Paul says to Timothy, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He's not given us a spirit of fear. Fear not. When that simple word gets into your heart, that's where the sound mind comes from. Fear not. I don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Face your fears and overcome them by the power of God. Face them now. It's very hard to get right with God in a season of panic. There are going to be many things in the future that are going to cause fear. And some things are causing fear today. But for the child of God, God says to you, fear not. That's where your sound mind will come from. Fear not. I know what fear can do. I was paralyzed by it for over nine years. But I know when I came to Christ and made a choice of going all the way with Him and walking with Him, there's no fear in my heart. If you will make that choice, you'll be astounded at the power of God that is available for you. Power, love, and a sound mind. That's what comes from God. And it only comes from God. It only comes from God. Pastor Carter Conlon's new book, Fear Not, Living Courageously in Uncertain Times, is now available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, and wherever Christian books are sold. Did you know that my parents... I was born in the arms of witchcraft. Spooky, huh? Huh? I was born in a home that they literally worshipped Satan. They were very involved in a spiritualism and a cult. And there was my father that for years and generation and generation, my father had been born in a curse from my grand-grandparents, and you can go with tap, 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 grandparents. And there was a curse, which is me. There was no hope for the Cruz family. Through all of this, I was rejected when I was eight years old. My mother told me, get out of my life. I don't love you. Some of you, you don't have no excuse. You know you have been rejected, and you know the pain of rejection. My mother told me, I don't love you, and that is a hard for a child to understand. Here, they bring, they bring you this well, they play with you like a little doll. Then, after that, they get tired, they don't want you no more. Then, here, it come my family, all my sister, one sister I have, and 17 of my brother, under the curse of Satan, and here, there's no way that they're going to be a place that we're going to change. But let me tell you, I got good news for you. There was a man who came, and regardless if I beat him up, he was a preacher. And I heard him, and I bust his face, and I cursed God, and I used all those four-letter words against God, against that man, mother, or whatever. This man told me, Nikki, Jesus love you. He can change your lives. 
And I just walk out and then I say, no way I can change. The reason I'm talking loud because I want every person in the window to hear this. No way I can change. But let me tell you something. That man told me you can kill me and you can destroy me because I was capable to destroy him and to cut him into pieces and to blow him away with my 32 revolver. That man said you can kill me, you can cut me a thousand pieces. But every piece is going to grind out that Jesus loves you. And two weeks later, I walk in and Jesus walking around with my 32 revolver, thinking that the whole world belongs to me. I heard the good news that Jesus Christ died for me. He took all my punishment, all my sins, all my guilt, all my frustration, all my confusion, all my fear, all my uncertainty, all of this thing, and he crushed it and killed it right there in his body for me to be free. And I'll tell you one thing what happened to me. I asked him literally, Jesus Christ, I don't know who you are. This man said that you love me. I don't love you. But that man said, yes, Nikki, I love you. I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. I'm a free man today. I'm a father man today. I got children today. And I got good news for you, family. I got good news for you, family. My mother, that she was a witch, she came to Jesus Christ. My father that was in grave, he confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Lord of the life. And therefore, my brother, listen to me, to my brother, they came to Jesus Christ. Free them in the ministry today. How will I say, I got hope. I know where the hope comes from. And the hope for New York City. And the hope for you. And this hope, you know who is? Jesus Christ, right now is in this place, right now. Child of a king This the truth, no cops 
needed for this hot pursuit Compare him to that letter V The way he's coming after you And he has me in the seat And like the street and avenue The way I'm on my knees every day Crying out for you uh, And his arms are never closed I'll fight for your life as well So know that you're not just fighting alone Ain't just a rap, it ain't just a flow It ain't just a phrase, it ain't just a song I'm striking the ground, I'm hitting it, yo I stand in the gap like I'm working with clothes Oh that was a little bit of truce. Ready to go? What, Ready what to project go. was that from? Uh, that was the most recent project we did uh, specifically for the truce outreach in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it was a great yeah. time. Speaking of Colorado, your other hat, you are an associate pastor at the Spring Church in Colorado with Pastor Gary Wilkerson. Now, let's shift gears because that's a very different dynamic, different responsibility, different uh, demographic perhaps. Uh, in terms of the people you are serving. Right. Uh, what's that like? I mean, to make that, to jump across the street. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually another zip code, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, for 20 years with when we did truce, when we'd come in as the hired guns to do street evangelism, I would always gripe about how the local church was dropping the ball mm-hmm. on follow-up. And a lot of them did. A lot of them tried. And so I think God said, okay, now you try it. Mm-hmm. You know, Wow. I've, heard, I've heard you trash talking my body, Jesus said, and right. so now you try it. And so he opened the door for us to uh, to plant this church with uh, the Wilkersons with another ta- uh, family called the Taylors, uh, Adam and Julie Taylor. And when we, I got, I go, Nikki, you know, Gary wants us to start a church. He goes, okay, you can have two hours a week to work on it. <laughs> he hasn't changed that amount of time uh, since then. Um, and we're in an old Home Depot now. We bought a former Home Depot, which you guys have seen. Right. Um, but Gary, when we first came in, Gary goes, we need you guys, my wife and I, to keep uh, evangelism and outreach on the front burner for us. Mm-hmm. We, he goes, help us not to forget evangelism and outreach. So initially we came in as the outreach pastors, and then as things grew, uh, that that kind of developed into a whole department. So right now my wife and I are over missions, uh, short-term missions. Uh, as well as uh, uh, missionaries that we uh, raise up and send from the church, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's a different it's a different it's a different deal. I, I mean, I my hats off to pastors. It's that's a hard that's a hard deal, yeah. man. And uh, you know, that's I that's why I love like guys like Pastor Carter and, and, and you, Greg, mm-hmm. and just the local church pastors day in day out uh, that are there for the people and stuff. And so, yeah, we, at the church, our 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 deal is to to make sure we don't forget to reach the lost right, that's right. I, that's my main that's my main job that I, I think the holy spirit's given me for the local church there and it's interesting it's it's good that you know what your role is cuz Pastor Gary's been traveling and uh often out of town and somebody's got to be on the home front still making sure that uh you know that that the, you know that they're new converts but not only new converts but that they're being discipled uh and then of course if the church doesn't miss and seize every opportunity to see the gospel perpetuated yep. in the street. Do so you guys do a lot of outreach in, in Colorado? We do. Uh, they, there's uh, a ministry called Mercy Springs that's a part of the church. A guy named Jimmy Lilly, who's mm. been friends with Gary and Kelly for uh, over 20 years, he was saved 40 years ago in the streets of Philadelphia. He was a drug addict, hopeless, lost. And some church lady came up and said, Jesus loves you. And he, he decided to take a, take a chance on it, went through a teen challenge. And helped Gary and Kelly in uh, Detroit, I believe, in some other cities that they planted churches in. So uh, it, Kelly Wilkerson and, and Jimmy head up this ministry, and they they're on the streets every every day. We've got mm-hmm. six places in the city that have opened up to us. We're in a, a it's a hotel, or actually it's a motel. 
with the M, and uh, it's it's for low income folks. Most of them are just that close to being homeless, mm. and then four or five community centers and a couple of homes in the neighborhoods where we did outreaches last summer. So what what they've done is we'll go and do an evangelistic outreach. People get saved, then we just stay there. You know, we go every week, feed them, and do Bible studies. We try to get them back to the church, but but as you say, you you've seen our church; it's mostly white. We're on the north side of town, mm. and that part of the city—that's a different world. Mm. You know, they're not going to come where we are. So we we've taken the church to them, and we do we just do whatever they need in that neighborhood. We all you know, counseling. You know, we we've sent so many people to uh, Teen Challenge. I think we've sent. Thirty or forty so far out of our city that have, you know, they've 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 accepted Christ, but of course they need they need skills now to overcome sure, sure. the the that those well worn paths of temptation that they've you know walked down all their life and stuff. So I love these guys because they're in the neighborhood every week. They're doing outreaches. They're doing they're, they do feedings. They'll do Bible studies. You know, would we'll, would we'll take uh, uh, food and clothes and diapers and stuff to the single mothers. So. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, those guys—they're doing a great job there. Sure. Yeah. When you when you look back at your artistic side, I mean your your music music skills. Uh, you guys have obviously done some writing. You've done play productions, you know, stage productions. How do you see that all coming together? And 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 how would you rate the effectiveness of a stage production to minister the gospel? I I think. I think the arts are a perfect way to present the gospel. Um, I've seen bad art, you know, bad. You know, <laughs> we all have. That, that, yeah, yeah, I've seen stuff that would make, you know, that would turn people off to the gospel. You know, unfortunately, that's not a joke. But uh, I, I just, I just truly believe in the performing arts as a as a method, as a canvas upon which to present the gospel to a generation that you know, might not come into the church doors to hear mm-hmm. yet to hear the gospel on a Sunday morning, but they'll come to hear a show. You know, we did a couple of years ago, we did an off off Broadway show at the, uh, um, Salvation Army theater over on West 47th. That was, um, silent, uh, Help me with the name. Innocent Rage. Innocent Rage, sorry. See how I, I, blew, his, I blew his I name there. in Houston the first time, and I just blew, <laughs> Innocent Rage. Yeah, yeah. It, was a little, it was a little black box theater, yeah. maybe 60, 70 seats. Mm-hmm. Perfect. People paid twenty bucks to get in. Then we did an altar call. They paid to get saved. I didn't uh, pay though. I don't. I wonder how I got it. You were on the VIP <laughs> list, right? I, I'm on the list, right? So, uh, but as far I mean, the, God has gifted people in the church with different talents and stuff. And so, th- sometimes we've we've uh, uh, downplayed those giftings as well. It's going to be about you know you know, and it can be. You got I mean, pride's always there, sure. regardless yeah. of what you know. We got the we got the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. We're going to deal with every day mm-hmm. until we die. Um, but God has gifted people like David Ham, like you, like this man right here to, with talents. And we need to use those for the gospel. So whether it's trying to draw people into the church with, which, uh, with a theatrical production or taking the gospel to the streets in hip hop or things like that, I would just urge anybody listening just to, just to don't you don't you don't need to water down a story to make it palatable. Mm-hmm. You know that's what I love about Run Baby Run, crossing the switchblade. You you need to see how bad this guy was, so you yeah. can see how good the grace of God is right, right. and yeah. was. You know, and if we if we start like you know like trying to soften it for our sensibilities and for those people who might be offended. I understand respecting people's sensitivities mm-hmm. and stuff, but I'm not. I'm not here to present the gospel to sister so and so in a way that she likes it. We're here to present the gospel to somebody 
who's lost and at the right. verge of, of, right. of an eternity without Christ. And, and present so, it real. And real. Yeah. You don't glorify it, but you need to see the depth so you can see how far Jesus went to reach a yes. lost And sinner. I think when we do craft it to make it palatable to, you know, for people to ingest, we, to a sense, deny reality. Because right. even sister so-and-so who would prefer it this way knows the reality of this. She, she's, if she hasn't had it herself, she knows somebody who has. You right. live in a society where you, 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 the reality is you don't get away from murder every day. You see it every day. You don't get away from, you know, you don't live in, in the world and not know that there's prostitution or know that there's gambling. You yeah. know what I mean? And so it is a denial of reality to, to an extent uh, to where we would rather have it palatable and, and then really not want to deal with mm. this reality. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Oh man, no! I could sit back and listen to both of you right now. I'm just, just speaking my heart, and um, it's encouraging to see, uh, just again, and hear, just again, the journey of, of Nikki Cruz outreach, and and I believe it goes, it ties into uh, several of our podcasts that we've recently had, and yeah. just how we've been encouraging young people and their gifts and their talents uh, yeah. to to do it uh, in a in a biblical way that glorifies Christ, but in a real way that people can identify with. Um, I'm reminded of a young man that we brought in with Truce. He was a break dancer. Um, And this was in the city of Rochester, a Spanish kid. I'm only going to say his first name. And for for very important reasons, as I share this, his name is Ben. Um, And I don't know if you remember this kid, Patrick. Little short Spanish kid in Rochester. We took him on the streets with us to break dance, and he was an incredible break dancer. But th- it was his first time break dancing to do it not for his own glory and mm. his flesh, but that we would draw people in that they might hear the gospel. And it was a wake up call to him to be a part of Truce for that two weeks. Well, today, this young man is still break dancing for the glory of God. Um, and that we're, we're talking about maybe, what, seven, eight years? Yeah. It's been since we did that trip, a short trip to Rochester. This young man, Ben, is now going into countries where, where the gospel is not allowed. And he's going on to college campuses. And he's going into the breakdancing communities that are here on that are on the campuses and he's going in and he's breakdancing with them in their battles <laughs> in the competitions. And he is wowing the crowds and everybody that's there in such a way that he's drawing like masses. Um, and so what he'll do is he goes in, he just dives in on a breakdance battle and just the whole hangout thing. And then people are just floored and he shares with them that he's from New York. And then he begins to share the gospel. Mm. And he's now doing this traveling to different universities, breakdancing, and then using that, that artistic gift that God gave him to dance to then go forward and say, well, this is why I do it, to give Christ Jesus the glory. And not only is he doing that, but he's starting small Bible studies all throughout these different universities. And there's now church plants that are coming out of that. He's baptizing young college students that at one point in their lives, they were atheists, but are now receiving Christ. And he's baptizing them in bathtubs quietly Mm -hmm. and having small groups. I'm telling you, I could talk all day about this. But imagine if if Nikki Cruz Outreach stopped what they were doing because people told them this is not right or this method doesn't work. Right. 
And I thank you so much for just always responding to the voice of the Lord because you have changed a young man's life that's now traveling all over the world and sharing the gospel. Awesome. Well, I know, I think of a story very similar to that. Um, uh, Not to where the person is as starting Bible studies and planting churches, but uh, I remember this girl, this is, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Um, was uh, was in theater and was uh, doing theater and just using her gift and her skills and her talents to just do theater. And I ended up doing this uh, small production down uh, in the village with this with this group, and it was called uh, Crossed, I think it was. And she was just directing and in the booth, moving levers and doing lighting and setting up things. And I'm I'm new. I'm the I'm the new kid on the block, really, because yeah. I really just started helping out here uh, I don't think I was even on staff at that point mm-hmm. um, and uh, I get down there and she's there and this other guy is there and uh, I, I didn't know they had something going on but they, they were seeing each <laughs> other you know and, um, but we had brought a little small team from here who were sharing their testimonies and one, and, the, and one of the guys was part of this threesome they were just sharing their testimonies and, and in between we would segue with music and, but, this, but this girl and this guy I mean they were alive man they were just on fire and you can sense it you could you can tell and i got to know them they eventually got married uh after some years but this production went on i think we did it again here a couple times and uh well now uh she's serving here in music ministry she's sitting over here to my right uh (laughs) it's funny because i was so into your story i'm like oh until i realized you're talking about me But, you know, when you, cause when you started talking about the whole theater thing, and I remember yeah. that uh, Innocent Rage production, I remember going out to the Black Box yeah. Theater. It was very similar to yeah. the theater we were down in the Village or in Soho, wherever that was. In the West Village, yeah. Where Jesse directed or, you know, put together this crossed thing, uh, which was very simple. Uh, but it was a black box, mm-hmm. probably held 40, 50 people. Tops. And, uh, but very, very out of the box, but very, very effective. So effective that uh, we ended up doing it here a couple of times. And again, it's real stories. It's, mm. you know, and these people weren't making these stories up. You know, gangbangers, uh, you know, lost hope from, you know, failing careers and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got the real testimonies from these from these stories and then we you know interwove it with with appropriate music and and again the the response to to that was just incredible it was it wasn't your sunday morning thing though no. you know it wasn't the kind of thing you could do sunday morning it right. wasn't yeah. the kind of thing that lent itself to a choir or even a worship team or an ensemble it was a soloist and a keyboardist you know it was very yeah. very simple yeah well, you know, it's interesting that you bring up that that production because you know what we actually started out trying to do with that is we approached it. It was just it was a kind of side outreach uh, between uh, Treg, who was the home missions director at the time, and my now husband Caesar and I. And you know, the idea was you know let's go like you were saying, let's go into the village where people wouldn't necessarily go to church. Let's do a play, and you know, let's just bring the gospel to them. And but. We didn't start out as testimonies and music. We started out trying to write an adaptation of Run, Baby, Run, and Cross and the Switchblade. Wow. Long story, very short. God <laughs> flipped it all around and two weeks before the production, and we had the theater booked for three weeks, and God said, uh, no, all of that that you had, scrap it. We're starting over. Mm. And it turned into testimonies and, and song, kind of crafted and shaped into this 
play, like, you know, monologues. Um, mm-hmm. But that was the whole idea is just go, you know, go to where where people are who wouldn't who wouldn't come to church. People who yeah. want to just go go see a black box experimental theater piece. Mm-hmm. And how do you share the gospel there? Um but you know what you were talking about with the the breakdancer brings up an interesting uh, question that I was starting to form when you were talking about the hit and runs, um, where you're talking about you you kind of use these pieces to as bait, kind of mm-hmm. you know whether they're freestyling or whatever, where you know they're not necessarily talking about the gospel right away. They're just kind of trying to grab the attention. So how do you know what is appropriate? For that piece, like what you know, uh, and what's what's the line? Because you know, p- you know, as your typical church people, we may say like, "Oh, well, that you know, that's not necessarily glorifying God." They're just trying to get attention. Like, wh- how do you approach that? What do you do with that? That's good. Um, I I'd love to answer that, and then um, because I remember when you explained that to me, Patrick, and. Um, that we wanted, we want to stay neutral, neutral, mm. um, as we first step out in the street. But she said something. You and Alicia said something very firm to me. They were like, "But let's not use secular music." They were like, "If we're gonna, if we're gonna create something artistic that attracts, it's got to come out of just what God has instilled in you guys mm. and these young people and mm. their gifting. Yeah. So, so that it's nothing that." Um, it's th- so that everything that we did to create the attraction was not in any form or way trying to cop- copycat something that mm. was birthed out of a worldly mentality. But it was the focus of artistically we want to express something. And then when you come and see what we're doing artistically, we're then going to express to you what the root of it is. You know, so in terms of the music, it was all original production from young guys and young girls that just were growing in their faith. So any instrumental tracks, any hip hop tracks um, that we played at the beginning of an outreach, it came from them artistically through prayer and seeking God. And then even just the dance work that they did, the break dancing and the pop locking. Uh, we've, we've, you know, we, we went through very extended audition processes with dancers because so much of it can be very fleshly. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, to, um, you know, when, when I was brought on board, you know, something that Patrick, Alicia, and Nikki Cruz said, they need to be trained once a week to understand that their gift, their, this art form would be that they glorify Christ. Wow. Awesome. Patrick, we, <laughs> we've been blessed, man. Uh, it's, it's been great having you, although you didn't talk for the last five minutes because these guys, <laughs> no. Uh, but it was good. I mean, just, just so much information. And I think um, for our listeners who are mostly musicians and artists and people in Christian music and, and, and arts, uh, need, needed to hear, especially from a ministry like the Nikki Cruz Outreach and a person like yourself who, who's done this for years. Uh, what we're experiencing in Christian music today is not new. Uh, it's got different vibes and different colors and different shades, but it's not new in that uh, at the end of the day, it's got to be about, uh, the, at least the purpose, it's got to be about winning souls. And, uh, and I love the fact that you guys have held true to making sure that the gospel is perpetuated, even through these various forms uh, of the arts. And so to our listeners, they can go online and check out more about the Nikki Cruz Outreach. Is it NCO? 
NikkiCruz.org. NikkiCruz.org. And of course, if you're interested in Spring Church and you're in the Colorado area, check it out. Go there. And of course, more information on TSC Music, you can do that right here at TSCNYC.org. Jesse will give you all of that information. Any final words for that singer, that musician, that uh, rapper, that uh, breakdancer who's seeking that platform? To share the gospel, to share what Jesus Christ has done in their lives. Yeah, I would. I would just encourage them to to embrace the gift that God's given them, and to look not for a career or a ministry platform, but look to look for uh, uh, an opportunity to be used by God. God may send you somewhere in the world to a to a leper colony, mm-hmm. to to Haiti. To a, to a shanty town somewhere. And that's the platform. That's the stage God wants you on. And, and as artists, we constantly struggle with our egos. I mean, that's just, uh, it's, artists, you know, maybe we don't hide it as well, but that's something you're going to struggle with. So you gotta, you gotta stay at the foot of the cross. You gotta stay on your knees. You gotta ask God to help you to be humble because we can't humble ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and it's easier to have the Holy Spirit humble you than, than, than anything, you know, you just you just got to stay committed and, and and submitted to Jesus, and just ask Him to use you, and just fight against that 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 desire to be known and to be famous and to be to blow up yeah. for your own mm-hmm. for your own glory. That's going to be a struggle you have the rest of your life, the rest of your career. But it, there's nothing more there's no, nothing more fulfilling than God using you whether it's in a street corner whether it's on a stage on Broadway wherever it is but it has to be God placing you there don't promote yourself let God promote you and don't be opposed to where he's going to put you amen and remember if ever we put the messenger before the message we fail to present an unblemished gospel I'm Greg Thomas join us again next time here on TSC Music with a Mission Take joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online, because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet, and don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas. Mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, Loretta Bush and Nancy Soto from our special projects department take us behind the scenes of stage, video, and radio production. 